Hello and welcome to Magic Mites. We're a couple of cookie guys. Ooh, that still does not feel right, but we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. It's our yes. new catchphrase. We're gonna roll with it. This is episode two, War of the Worlds from 2005. I'm Joey Lewandowski. Put on that Juggalo face paint. It's time for Magic Mikes. <laughs> Say your name. Oh yeah, I'm Joe too. Is that from something, or is that just in general? No, that was just a thought that I had. Okay. I feel like Juggalo face paint would be nice for Magic Mike's. Well, I have to say that we are recording this in person. We are both in Juggalo face paint as we record this, so it's only fitting. That's that's why I had you put on that Juggalo face paint. For It'll this. make sense eventually. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead and do it for me, please. Yeah. I do have to say that we are recording this as the year 2017 counts down to a close. Thank God. Joe and I are recording from his house. Mm-hmm. We are watching CNN. Oh, you want to put on New Year's Eve? Put on the Zac Efron movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a little throwback. That's right. We were going to watch... Uh... Hey, what movie is this? Because this movie looks amazing. I have no idea, but we exited out of it. Too right. late, sir. We are recording this. As you might know, before we get into this movie, as you might know, we have another podcast, the Zac Efron podcast, Zac Attack. Last year, it just so happened that the movie we were putting around putting out around this time of year was New Year's Eve, and so rather than rewatch War of the Worlds, a movie that I might point out Channing Tatum is not in, uh, we are going to watch the Zac Efron instant classic New Year's Eve, where he and Michelle Pfeiffer hang out on New Year's Eve, and that's what we're going to have on in the background while we record. Yeah, I think that that's that's a perfect movie for tonight. The important thing to point out up front, I think, is that Channing Tatum is not in this movie. He's not, at all. We knew last month, going into this episode, that Channing Tatum was uncredited. Yes. We did not do any research as to what happened, why he was uncredited. We did the guessing game. We did the shirtless fighting, dancing, whatever, all those games we're going to do at the end of this episode. Yeah. We got everything prepped. We both watched this movie last night. Yes. And we were like, huh, I see a church. Don't see Channing Tatum. It was Church Boy, right? Because that's what it is on IMDb. Boy in Church. Boy in Church. Yes. It's disappointing. I have to say it's disappointing. But there is some pretty good trivia, I think, for this movie. So I think it's going to be a pretty okay episode. We're going to get through it. Okay. Yeah, let's try. I have no notes. I have absolute... I mean, like, I have two notes. That's totally fine. Okay. Before we get into the actual movie, though, it's time for our first segment, a little segment called Tatum Tots. Tatum Tots. Do you have any Tatum Tots to start? So a personal Tatum Tot. So I changed the intro to this show to we're just a couple of cookie guys or we're a couple of cookie guys since we last recorded magic mikes yeah i watched magic mike the movie and magic mike xxl because is that the have, second one or is it there is three a, it's, it's a second one there's only okay. going to be two he does not want to do a third one okay we have another podcast here on the network cinemakers where mike manzi who will be on the show in just a couple months myself resident historian resident historian and tobin addington all three of us Go through are going through the filmography of Steven Soderbergh. And so Steven Soderbergh directed Magic Mike. He actually directed, I think, Channing in like three or four movies. Interesting. So we're going to get to him a bunch down the road here. But we got to that movie for that podcast. So I watched that. And then I watched the sequel. And the sequel is amazing. I cannot wait to get to it. It's good, really? It's really, really, really good and really fun. Like good for us or just good in general or what? Both. Okay, cool. In that movie... We have Channing, obviously, as Mike, but we also, Man. we also have Amber Heard, former Mrs. Johnny Depp, winner of the Cage Club Golden Peach Award for Best Female Non-Cage Role in Any Movie. Oh, wow. She is really, really good in that movie, too. In one scene, they're in the kitchen together, 
and she's eating red velvet cake, as Joe, you will say, women like to do. Women really love red velvet cake. That's a common fact, yeah. And Channing says, no, 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 I don't want that. I'm a cookie guy. And so I just thought that was so funny. In the scene, it's hard to say out of context, I think. But since our other quote, it's not bro time, it's showtime, was from Magic Mike XXL, it's a thing Jada Pinkett says, this is something that Channing actually says, it's funnier, we're going to go with it for now. Any movie we watch now, Joe, we could change this intro catchphrase. Well, let's use his catchphrase from this one. Uh, his catchphrase of, I'm not in this movie? Yeah, exactly. Next time we'll be like, uncredited, this is Magic Mike's. Okay. Do you like that? We could do that. Okay. So Tatum Tots, oh, here, by the way, here's our boy Zeph looking yeah, sharp in 2011. Tatum Tots now in the news for Channing Tatum. Since we recorded our first episode, the Coach Carter episode, roughly one month ago, I have four different little news things. Well, three really sort of different ones. I have three ones, too. Do you want to go first? Go I'll first. go first. So the first, first thing I said, I, I sent this to you a couple weeks ago. I did not realize... Channing Tatum has his own vodka. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this one. And I, yeah, I didn't know this either. Go ahead. Born and bred. That's what it's called. vodka. Yes. Is it B-R-E-A-D or B-R-E-D? B-R-E-D. It would have been cooler if it was born and bred and it was made out of like Wonder Bread or something. I agree. It's from Grand Teton Distillery. It's an American craft vodka made from the best Idaho potatoes, 20 times distilled. It's prepared in small batches and nourished by the unspoiled glacial water that flows from the Grand Teton Mountains. Interesting. And while it can serve as a smooth complement to your mixer of choice, Born and Bread's clean, crisp taste is perfect for neat or on-the-rocks savoring. We are not sponsored by Born and Bread Vodka, but though we, we have should no be. sponsors for this show. I tried. Insomniac Cookie didn't want to sponsor us. The reason I found out about this is because Channing, two weeks ago, as we're recording this, on Facebook, was looking for outgoing ambassadors for his brand. Why didn't we sign up? Well, you can. I don't know that you... Why didn't you sign up? My sister did. I didn't sign up. Okay. It's like a part-time thing. Artists, athletes, and musicians, and other creatives are the perfect fit for B&B. Unique (laughs) personalities. Email resume and a little bit about yourself to thefuture at bornandbred.com. Send it straight to the future. Yes. Okay. They are only looking for current U.S. residents at the moment, so... Damn. If you were looking for any kind of side gig, maybe the chance to meet Channing Tatum, check it out. If you haven't gone through another country yet, sign up. Okay, my first Tatum tot. Yep. A little bit less serious one here. Did you see this? Did you hear this? Tatum was in Disney's California Adventure this past week. Oh. And he was with Jenna Dewan. Yep. So apparently that tabloid article was not super serious. And, you know, there's some pictures of them making out, playing the 4D Toy Story game. Have you ever played that? Yeah. Yeah, there. So it's like, you know, there's a picture of, like, uh, all of them. Actually, it's Channing Tatum and his daughter and one, and then they send Jenna to one with, like, some rando in the back. (laughs) (laughs) So she had a ride in her own car because, you know, it's, like, only two. That rando could have been us, Joe. It could have been. Apparently, it looks like he looks like he's a uh, like an employee. He seems to have a name tag on. I don't think they just let them. Oh run yeah, around. they usually they usually have the guide. You know about the guides at Disney. So my sister worked at Disneyland for okay. a year, and so they basically have I don't remember what the name is, but they have people who work for the park that their job is to shepherd around famous people. Yeah. Oh okay, cool. So they you know they bring That's them, a dope job. They bring like them from job. ride to ride like through the backs and stuff. And, oh cool, like, cool, cool. Basically keep them not out of the public eye, but like make sure that they're not hounded all day. That they yeah. can have a good experience. 
So that's probably who Jenna Dewan is with. It's one of those kind of people. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like to me. He's like nerdy and young, and yeah, he doesn't seem very creepy to her at all. So cool. Speaking of Jenna Dewan, my next Tatum Tot is that Channing and Jenna are bringing back Step Up in January. Oh damn. Okay, I had Tatum Tot about this, but yeah, go for it. There's the YouTube Red Show Step Up High Water, which yes. is going to premiere on January. Do they 31st. all have to wear flood pants in it? I sure hope so. I do not think Channing and Jenna are in this. I think they are, and we're on a first name basis now with them. We are one episode and nine minutes into this. Yeah. We are first name basis. Okay. I don't think they're in this. I think they're just producers. I think they created the show. They're producers of it. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me, too. But worth keeping an eye on for cameos, Magic Mike's clip show clips. Do you know who's going to be the Channing Tatum character in the new Step Up show on YouTube? I do not. Why don't you tell me? It's Neo. Oh, and E-Y-O? Yeah, the singer-songwriter Neo. Huh. He's the new Channing Tatum in the in the show. Wow. So who is the Jenna Dewan in the show? I didn't read that in this article. She's a pretty girl. I don't know who she is. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was my second Tatum Tot. What other Tatum Tots you got? I got uh, one more. It's a little bit more serious one. Channing Tatum's going to be in Gambit. Yep. And it's, That's uh, what my last one's about, too. This is working out perfectly. Yeah, and it's it's going to be starting shooting in March in New Orleans, which is going to be pretty cool. Gambit was my favorite character to play with on the Sega Genesis X-Men game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. So I have a Tatum Tot and a bit of trivia about Gambit. Number one, my Tatum Tot, the Gambit budget appears to be $155 million. It's pretty high. Which Almost is a very high budget. A little bit more than Bright. A little bit more than Bright. <laughs> my trivia was that Channing Tatum auditioned to play Gambit in a 2006 film. But he couldn't shuffle cards. Is that right? No, I was just guessing. Oh, you were guessing? No, I think <laughs> they, they just like cut it or they cut him. I don't remember. But basically it didn't work out. But now he finally gets to play Gambit. Oh, so he was going to be in the original movies as Gambit? Correct. Okay, cool. But now that Gambit, now that all the X-Men exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is another Tatum Tot, sort of a bigger one. We might have him, we could, in in theory have him in, you know, an Avengers movie. Ooh, that would be pretty big. That would be pretty cool. That would be very cool. I would like to see him more in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Well, that's possible now, too. If Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum were in the same movie... Rachel would be very excited. They're both two very handsome men. We could do a Chris Pratt podcast. The Prattcast? Maybe. That's, that's got to exist, Pratt right? The Pratt Pack. The Pratt Pack? Yeah, duh. We'll do one episode of the podcast for each episode of Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Per month. So we'll do one a month. So we'll, we will be <laughs> done with this in roughly 14 years. <laughs> sounds perfect. Sounds great. Nothing wrong with that. I got no other Tatum Tots. You got any other Tatum Tots? No, that was the end of mine. We, we, we overlapped a little bit. Which I think works out really nicely. Just touch tips. War of the Worlds, Channing is not in this film. For some reason, he is 14th of 29 listed on Letterboxd. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I didn't watch the bonus features, but I also, we YouTube, I I, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I looked on YouTube to see if I could find the clip of him in it, and I figure there's some insane teenage girl out there that would have, like, posted it on YouTube. Oh, sure. It wasn't there, so I'm just going to assume it doesn't exist. Which is a shame, because this is a Steven Spielberg movie, which is remarkable to me. Aside from Jurassic Park, which the ladies over at Wistful Thinking did, uh, this is our first Spielberg movie... Ever? Really? That we did? 
on you and I? any Kings Club podcast. Oh, really? Aside from Jurassic Park, which is done for Wistful Thinking. Damn. I know. Well, we started out with a pretty shit one. I would have loved to have talked about it for a couple hours if he was... Say he was the son instead of Justin Chatwin. That would have been great. I have a whole mental list of people I would replace with Channing Tatum in this movie. Well, we will get to that shortly, okay. because we do not have very many notes. This is also only our second Tom Cruise movie on the network. The PSL of Hoffman guys did Mission Impossible 3, in which Philip Seymour Hoffman is the villain, but like for two very prolific Hollywood people, Tom yeah, Cruise and how have we not overlapped with them yet, right? It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty wacky. Also in this movie, we have Dakota Fanning, older sister of Elle Fanning, who we covered in The Neon Demon for Keanu Club, and Justin Chatwin, who plays Jimmy Steve in Shameless on Jimmy, Showtime. Who? Did you ever watch Shameless? Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I watched, like, the first season. Rachel loves it. She watches it now. So he played um, Fiona's really boyfriend. Bored. Yes. But they he was sort of faking his identity for a while, so he was like, I don't remember. I just bailed on Shameless like, Same. two weeks ago, so... Same. What, how far were you? Almost caught up. And you just gave up on it? Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't care about this anymore. Cool, fair. I quit about season two, so I gave up about then. Seven years ago, solid, solid. No, it wasn't seven years ago because like, like there was about four seasons out. Rachel and I watched like the first season. Okay, and then I was like, yeah, I'm about done with this. That's about fair. Yeah. So in this movie, there is a church. There's a church. It's really kind of early in the movie too. It's like the first. Okay, so so the movie's about alien back, invasion. Yeah, alien invasion backdrop. Everybody knows War of the Worlds. Okay, cool. So everybody knows War of the Worlds. No, oh, I wasn't gonna like. No, I mean, I didn't. I didn't think that was where you're going. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was no, just saying, no, you're fine. I thought I was setting you up for like everybody knows War of the Worlds, but here's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, I didn't know okay. that what I was saying was gonna stop you from talking entirely. No, I mean, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I guess everybody, maybe everybody did see this movie. Well, you know, it's originally a radio broadcast, right? Yes, by, and by Orson Welles. Which is a Zephnection. Yes, it is. Because we did Orson me Wells. and Orson Welles for Zack Attack. Absolutely. So it did come full circle. Absolutely. Everybody knows the original story of War of the Worlds. This movie starts out like the second season of The Wire. Um, we started the docks. <laughs> and the whole... What? No, I just love that connection. Go ahead. So we start at the docks. And last note I have about this movie. Man, I really wish Channing Tatum would have been old enough to play Nick Sabodka in The Wire. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't he have been a good, not Ziggy, but like Nick Sabodka. Porn stash. yeah. And yeah. also, then he would have played him on SVU, too. And he would have also been in Orange and New Black, too. Yeah, see, he's great for all of these roles. So whoever that guy is, watch your ass, because Channing Tatum's coming <laughs> for it. I don't have a lot more notes about this movie. There's the one scene where Tom Cruise makes peanut butter sandwiches. Were you watching enough to see that or no? Yeah, no. Uh, so um, I did watch this movie, but I have ADD and I could not focus on it. Speaking, hold on, sorry. Speaking of connections, Chris Ludacris Bridge is on TV right now. Oh, Tej yeah, himself. Right. That's right. In New Year's Eve. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I couldn't bring myself to like pay attention a lot, but yes, I did see the scene where he's making peanut butter sandwiches, Yeah, because I had a a specific thought about that scene, too. I wrote down that him making sandwiches is more alien than anything else in this entire movie. The way that he is ladling out watery (laughs) With a mixing spoon? With a mixing spoon, and just, like, glopping them onto the sandwiches, it looks like not only has this character never made a peanut butter sandwich, but Tom Cruise, the person, has never made a peanut butter sandwich in his life before. Well, it's quite possible that he is an alien. It wouldn't surprise me. He went clear. He went full clear. 
Never go full clear. What I thought about that one, though, yeah. how the fuck do you have a daughter not know she's allergic to peanuts? Well, because he's a bad dad is what the whole point of the movie is. But that's like, like, she would have an EpiPen, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're just like, oh, I'm a little allergic to peanuts. Like, you either, like, go into, like, shock, uh-huh. or, like, you are fine. I don't know how he wouldn't know that, and then he just does it, and then just, like, same hand throws her a piece of the bread. That's now peanutted. Yep. Don't try to give your daughter peanuts. She just told you she was allergic. Even if you didn't know, you'd be like, oh shit, let me get this out of here. Let me clean this countertop before we do this. There's no way you wouldn't know that your daughter's allergic to peanuts. No fucking way. My favorite bit of trivia about this movie is that after her actions in the film, Dakota Fanning's character was voted, quote, most useless thing to have in an apocalypse by MTV. (laughs) She was fucking useless in this movie. I really like her. I really like her younger sister, too, both as actresses. Who's her her younger sister? Elle Fanning. She's Uh, the star of The Neon Demon, uh, that Keanu movie. Nope. She's also in 20th Century Women. Nope. Um, What else is Elle I meant to watch 20th Century Women. She's in a bunch of really good stuff. A24. A24. Because this movie came out in 2005. I saw this in the theaters because my dad loves... Did you like it then? I don't remember loving it. I think I only saw it in theaters. So my dad loves War of the Worlds. There was the War of the Worlds TV show in the 80s. Yeah, okay. I have trivia about that. Like, this has basically been a project that's been kicking around for a while, this movie adaptation. He loved the TV show. He loved the 1953, I think, movie. So we saw this in theaters when I was 17. I remember liking Dakota Fanning. I think she's thinking she's like a cute kid. Not like cute attractive but just like a yeah, yeah, this yeah, is I a fun it. movie yeah, kid yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. here she's like almost insufferable like she's she's good early on in that sort of precocious annoying like that's not the way you're gonna get through to him when she's telling him how to parent you know what I mean yeah and he even calls her out he's like are you his mother or my mother just calling her out on that but like as the movie goes on she is really useless like it's remarkable she gets more and more useless as the movie goes on yep I really love obviously coming of age movies and I love movies yep. starring kids and everything so that hasn't changed but I think my tolerance for bullshit has changed <laughs> same because she is very frustrating in this movie yeah I think the lack of Channing like if we could have had Channing Tatum yeah be the dad or the brother. I mean, I think he'd be a little young for the dad. But he could be, like, a really shitty young dad. Sure. Well, that's the other thing, is that Justin Chatwin in this movie... Which one is he? He's the brother. Okay. Just Can you call him the brother? So I know The brother is supposed to be... What, what does he feel like? He's, like, 17, 18? Well, he doesn't have his license, remember? He, like... St- no, I think he's, like, 15. Because he steals the car life, and he gets yelled at. In real life, he's 22, 23 when he's filming this. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Which we just saw in Coach Carter. Channing Tatum was, I think, 25, playing 18. So he could have played that. Yeah, he, definitely. And I, but I think he would... You know what it was? What? I know exactly what it was. What? He's way taller than Tom Cruise. Well, there's that, yeah. Because Tom Cruise is tiny, so they just had to find somebody that's shorter than Tom Cruise. You know what's actually a little... You know what that reminds me of? What? Is in The Greatest Showman, which we will cover shortly on Zack Attack when it comes to yes. Blu-ray VOD. Zendaya is several inches taller than Zac Efron, and in several scenes, they sort of play love interests. He's, like, looking up at her, and it's just like, oh, like, you are sort of an average height man. She's just a very tall girl. I mean, make a great couple in this movie, but I was like, what I'm saying is she could never act across from Tom Cruise because she'd be like six inches taller than him. Yeah. Height doesn't matter for 2018. Hashtag. Hashtag height 
doesn't matter. So this movie takes place in New York, New York City, sort of New York State. They drive, they want to drive to like Boston, I think, and then they go the other way. Aliens come down, hurrah, they split the church in half, no yep. Channing Tatum. Yep. I wrote down that the church is tearing itself apart, Lisa. It's tearing me apart, It's taking Lisa. itself apart, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you read the book now. I think the taking, <laughs> you're taking me apart is a lot funnier. Yep. So you have the church taking itself apart. You get to Tom Cruise yeah. aptly suggested how to fix this car right with this mechanic that plays like one part he was he's been in a ton of shit too the mechanic do you, uh, did you recognize him he's been in like svu and all kinds of shit like that don't know if i looked up while he was on screen the one person i did recognize was the kid from coach carter the basketball kid who got kicked off the team that's where he was from yes yep. yes yep. it was i was just like i just saw this kid somewhere yep where is he from and it's from coach carter yep Damn, and he got more screen time than Channing. Not a big part in the movie, just sort of like a neighborhood kind of kid. But right? like more but, screen time than Channing. Well, Channing got zero, so I mean, like literally everyone in this movie got more screen time than Channing. Yeah, true. Including this is this is kind of funny. The extras. So when Tom Cruise runs outside when the storm is happening, right in the beginning of the movie, yeah, and people are like. What's going on? There's all these people taking pictures. Yes. The producers got all those extras because they're like, hey, we're filming a Tom Cruise movie. You can come take free pictures of Tom Cruise. We just need you to be in this scene. Oh. Which I love. That's a really smart idea. Right? Yeah. So you're like, come take as many pictures of Tom Cruise as you want. Yeah, if you have a digital camera or a phone or whatever. Yeah. And it looks like they're taking pictures of this fucking storm. Yep. But they're just taking pictures of Tom Cruise. Which is really kind of cool. It's genius. Yeah, that's fucking, yeah. Good job, Spielberg. That was the best thing he did this whole movie. (laughs) Oh, but what I was saying is that this this takes place in New York. They're driving a car with New Jersey license plates. I don't know if you realize this. I don't know if you recognize this. But having lived in New Jersey most of my life, movies rarely get the license plates exactly right. The coloring is always a little off. And the lettering is is always a little off. I don't know. Okay, So it's one of two things. Either, well, it's one of three things. Either, number one, I'm crazy. Number two, they're just not getting it right. Or number three, it's something about the way that the video cameras are capturing it. Seems the most unlikely. But it feels like it's more yellow, and the lettering, like the width, the thickness of the lettering on the plates is not accurate. Because, I mean, I drive all the time. I see those license plates every day. Yeah. And it felt a little, it just, like, looks fake. Which I'm sure to most people, like, you know that the New Jersey plates are yellow, probably, but, like, you don't know beyond that, like, if this looks good or not. I mean, like, I'm close enough to where, like, I could could probably get pretty close with my brain, but, like, I wouldn't be able to tell this one's fake or this one's real. Yep. But maybe it's a thing like, you know, movie money or something. Like, they can't show real license plates, so they have to, like, make kind of close fake ones. Yes, but you would think that, like, especially a major studio movie like this would have, like, a repository of license plates that they could recycle from movie to movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, fucking Rachel has the book that has all the pictures of the, what the IDs look like. Like, I'm sure that there's a license plate one for the DMVs, too, you know? I'd, I'd have to imagine that it's, like, a, like you can't do it for, like, copyright or something. You know? Like, maybe each state owns their license plate design, and it's, like, no something idea. like that. I, maybe. Possibly. I don't know. That's what my guess is. I want to go back to what you were just saying about... That was the getting extras to take pictures of Tom Cruise was the best thing Steven Spielberg did in this movie. Yes. What's frustrating to me is that this is a movie that Steven Spielberg wanted to make forever. This is his fucking avatar. He owns one of the last copies of the Orson Welles radio script, which he won for a lot of money in an auction. Do you know how much money? No, I don't know. 
Okay. I can, I can look it up. It wasn't on IMDb. Okay. He decided not to make it after Independence Day came out because he's like, oh, you know, they just did an alien movie, whatever. He made Minority Report with Tom Cruise. They started Independence Day about- is a dope alien movie, too, so it's like what War of the Worlds should be is he should have just been like, Independence Day was War of the Worlds, and then just called it a day, but okay. But then when he was making Minority Report with Tom Cruise, they started talking about this, like, oh, we should do this, whatever. They planned to make it in 2007, and then they both became, they both, like, were available, like, suddenly in 2004. And so they started shooting in mid-2004, and this movie came out seven months after they started shooting. Like, for a movie... Which is, yeah, that, that's, this, and that's not really Spielberg-y, is it? I well, think no, that he, like, takes forever to make well, these I'm, movies. Especially with a movie this CGI-heavy, like, it's like, yeah. you would think they would have to add, like, a year to post-production, but they did everything in seven months, and apparently... What from they when did, they stopped shooting or from when they started no, from shooting? from when they started shooting. Damn, dude, that's And fast. they said that in order to do all the CGI, they filmed all those scenes first... So that they were able to then send those off to the studio or to the lab give them or enough time yeah, yeah, yeah. to CGI it in, yeah. But so this is a movie that they had been, you know, kicking around that he'd been wanting to make forever. In 1987, Paramount, this is unrelated to Spielberg, but Paramount wanted to remake the movie from 1953 with George Romero from Night of the Living Dead, Dawn yeah. of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going to direct, but then that became the TV show. It sort of got kicked to the back burner until 2002 when Tom Cruise and Spielberg started talking about it again. So, like, it's a movie that, like, Hollywood wanted to remake for so long, but ultimately it just kind of winds up feeling like a movie, like an alien invasion told from the point of view who have no control over anything, but constantly find themselves in the middle of everything. Yeah, I was mad how crazy invincible they were for, like, a lot of the beginning. Except for the brother. Except for the brother, but he, like, gives up his invincibility. Like, he, like, takes it off, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're next to Tom Cruise, you're invincible in this movie. Yes. It didn't captivate me at all. Like, it was, no. there was a lot going on, but it was, like, such a stupid action movie. Like, it didn't really have anything. There was no conflict. As much as there was action, there was no conflict. It's a remarkably average, sort of boring movie. Yeah. From one of the best directors of our time, from one of the best action stars of our Steven time. I love Steven Spielberg. I love a lot of his movies. I love Tom Cruise. I love Spielberg. Like Yeah, for and I, I do like Tom Cruise, and he's been in a lot of great movies, too. And this was just, like, so bland. That's the only way I could describe it, as bland. So when we were looking forward to this movie, or when we were looking, when we knew this movie was coming up, yeah. we knew that Channing probably wasn't going to be in it a lot. I mean, obviously, we wanted him in it, in it a little bit more than he was, which is to say nothing. Not yeah. But I was like, at least we'll have a fun movie that like we'll enjoy, we'll be able to talk about it a little bit, and then get on. But like, yeah, because you you kind of remembered it a little fondly, like from what I was remembering of our recording, you were like, oh, cool, we'll have like a fun movie. Oh boy. I guess the CGI is fun, but like we've come so far now, even in like you know these what thirteen years? Yeah, twelve, thirteen years. Yeah. So now it's like this movie was just like a showcase of CGI. Yep. That was cool, but with, like, no backbone at all. Like, no foundation, so... Yeah. So a few other things, a few other little bits of trivia about the movie. Classic prank on set from Steven Spielberg. Oh, God, tell me. When there is that ferry scene where the ferry capsizes... It's already funny. Tom Cruise and Dakota Fanning there. He played the score from Jaws from Underwater Oh, my God. Can you believe it? What a jokester. Can you believe it? He's so funny. That old man. Actually kind of funny was that when they were promoting this movie, they were supposed to go on Oprah, and Spielberg had to back out because he started shooting something else. So Tom Cruise went on alone. Which is, is it, tell me this is the Oprah... It's I'm in love with Katie Holmes. Yes. In the jumping on the couch? Yes. 
Oh my god, that's so awesome. because Spielberg had to back out, we got the little bit of heaven that that, that that clip was. Oh god, that makes me really happy. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the best... Okay, that was the best thing that came out of this movie. Because <laughs> you know that there's no way that if he was there, he would have acted like a maniac. Like, it became about Tom Cruise, as opposed to just about the movie. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I obviously didn't remember it had anything to do with this movie. I just thought it was... Tom Cruise being on Oprah, jumping on the couch, shooting lightning bolts out of his hands. The guy who wrote this movie, changing gears for a second, the guy who wrote this movie is this guy, David Kep, K-O-E-P-P, David Kopp? I don't know. Kopp. I would say Kopp. He wrote, uh, he has writing credits at least on Jurassic Park, Spider-Man, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, Panic Room, The Mump, like lots of Spielberg movies, lots of Tom Cruise movies. Okay, cool. A lot of things he's done. Yeah. Before they hired him, Spielberg and Tom Cruise wanted J.J. Abrams to do it, Ooh, but he's like, no, 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 I'm right. I'm working on a thing called Lost right now. He was writing the pilot for Lost. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. And he was like, I can't do this. Well, if he would have just given up on Lost, he could have this fucking gem to put on his... Which I read that, and then when there's the plane crash in this movie, I was like, oh, it's just Lost as it is. Like, it's just, <laughs> they just copied Lost. Yeah, they were just like, hey, do you got any ideas? And he's like, well, I was going to do a plane crash thing. And they're like, got it. And they just stole it. In the beginning of the movie, when I think... Uh, Dakota Fanning and the brother are watching TV and they're channel surfing. Mm-hmm. There's a train crash scene from The Greatest Show on Earth. The which Greatest was, Showman on Earth? So it's about the circus. It's about Barnum and Bailey. Okay. Which I brought up. I left in here because it's a Zeffn action, right? Yes. But it's also the movie that Steven Spielberg apparently saw, the first movie he saw, and what inspired him to want to make movies. So I like that, you know, that's a cool fact a little on Easter own. egg, A little Easter egg of, of Spielberg in yeah. his movie. But that's also cool. the fact that, you know, as we're recording this in theaters now, as you're listening to this in theaters now, The Greatest Showman, the Zac Efron movie. Yeah, shout out Zac Attack. Those guys are awesome. I like them a lot, the hosts of Zac Attack. <laughs> <laughs> now, my only other trivia about the movie, then I have some Channing trivia if you want to go through that. The Ooh. only other trivia of the movie, two things about Tom Cruise. We mentioned he, he went clear. Never go full clear. He got the flu while shooting this movie, took okay. two days off, and then came back healthy. So, like, <laughs> he illuminated the fuck out of that flu. The other thing, and I don't know if this is true because when you think about it, you're like, oh, this is an amazing story. Then you think about it, you're like, why did this, how was this possible? They were filming Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, and a crew of 20 people from the set went to Dairy Queen. I guess there's some ice cream, some okay, yeah, some shooting ice cream. You can't shoot ice cream. No, mid, like mid shooting ice cream. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. God damn it! <laughs> you walked right into it. I was like, did I miss? <laughs> No, you're just being an asshole. Yeah, sorry. So there was a jar on the counter for Ashley Flint, who was in a go-kart accident a few months before and left her family with a mountain of hospital bills. Tom Cruise put $5,000 cash into the jar. <laughs> oh, shit. But why are you carrying around $5,000 cash? Ask that's what I don't, that's I have what no I don't idea. get. I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, if you're Tom Cruise, you have enough money to just get... The Scientologist gave it to <laughs> I guess so. He just carries her. It was Scientology money. It was like Xenu's space dollars. Oh, man. <laughs> they have billions of dollars in reserve. They can spare five grand. Yeah. So that's all I got about this movie. That's cool. Not to shit on charity. That was awesome that he did that. A little side note tidbit that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. Do you know all of the they'll never believe you stories? Yes. I thought you were going to say Tom Cruise stole the jar oh, of no, money. No, no. And you'll don- never believe this. <laughs> and you'll never believe this. And then donated it to Xenu. And then that would have been a much better story. But it yeah. would have been. For all intents and purposes, of everything I've heard, as terrible as Scientology is, and as, like, you know, especially the disconnection of it all. Yeah. And not letting you talk to your family and friends. Excommunication. All, stuff, all yep, that stuff. Yep. For everything I've heard about Tom Cruise, as if he's 
legitimately an amazing person. I've heard this too. Yeah. That he remembers everyone's name on set, that yep. he's super generous and super kind. Yep. He makes almost exclusively good movies, except for this one. I don't even think... Like, for him, this isn't bad, because I'm sure it was pitched to him, like... He's good in A this. wacky action movie. He's a good actor in it. Yep. Yeah. He's definitely not bad or anything, so... So, I have nothing else about this movie. Before we get onto our end-of-podcast segments, uh, you ready for some Channing trivia? We just have Chan Man trivia. That's Chan it. Chan Man trivia. So I looked this up because I knew that he, like, this was always my plan all along because I figured he was not going to be in this movie a lot. And so I was like, oh, we'll be able to spend some time talking about Channing, Channing Tatum in this episode. So this is like a second intro episode, kind sure. of. Okay. I was going to do this last month, but when I re- well, we found out how much he was in Coach Carter, it was like, oh, he's actually sort of, you know, like, really featured in this a lot. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, so exactly. Put it off. He grew up in a small town in Alabama, 50 miles north of Birmingham. Mother was an airline worker. Father was in construction. Was she an airline, an airline hostess, like a stewardess? This says an airline worker. I hope she was, like, not a gate agent. I'm imagining she'd have to be, like, a, like a fucking flight attendant, right? Like an attractive flight attendant to have yeah. a, a son as handsome as him? Yeah, exactly. And, and he's, like, kind of outgoing. Like, yeah. she had to be pretty, yeah. He probably had a killer mom. Like, yeah. she's probably great. What'd you say his dad did? construction. Oh, that's cool. That makes sense. Growing up, he was full of energy and somewhat troublesome, so his parents enrolled him in a bunch of different sports. And then also, like, kung fu and other martial arts. Okay. He got a full athletic scholarship, a full football scholarship to college, a small college in West Virginia, in which he WVU, small college in West Virginia. No, Glenville State. Oh, yeah, small college in West Virginia. But he dropped out. Makes sense. He then worked as a construction worker, I guess like his dad. Yeah, yeah. A stripper, of course. Yeah, stripper, we know. A mortgage broker and salesman. Mortgage broker's cool. He modeled for Abercrombie & Fitch, Nautica, Gap, Aeropostale, Emporio, Armani, and was in television commercials for American Eagle, Pepsi, and some very popular Mountain Dew commercials, which we will cover on the clip show. So he was in... Oh, damn. A Mountain Dew... I'm not going to remember them then, but I'm really excited that they exist. There's a Mountain Dew commercial, I think, called Drive, which I said he was... Uh, which I saw he was in. And there's also a Pepsi one called Scratching, I think. I feel like if they're named like that, they, they like might have been Super Bowl, Bowl commercials. Yep, that's yep. what I think, too. You also found something that was in my trivia. I, I know. You want to you hit him with that? Channing Tatum was in... The music video for Ricky Martin's She Bangs. Yep. And this is off the top of my head, by the way. Look, look. There's no computer in front of me. There's no computer. I can tell you that. He only got paid $400 for it, but you for, can see For him. seven days of work. For That's pretty awesome. And if you, like, watch the video, he's, like, dancing in the background at one point, and... Yeah, I saw it. It was pretty cool. So we will definitely watch that for the uh, clip show as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I already have a list of clip show stuff. So cool, I think good, it's gonna, good. It's I'm glad. Good. Yep. He apparently stopped modeling because he didn't think modeling was challenging enough. So that's why he became an actor. So I think that's kind of cool. He's actually like, no, I'm above this. Like I can do, I can do more with my life, basically. Yeah, I mean, like he's kind of funny. He's like he he can act. He was also a salesman at the cologne counter of Dillard's and a worker in a puppy-slash-kitty nursery before starting a modeling career. You know how I knew this? How'd you know that? Because he and Jenna Dewan like, love animals. Okay. And it was, like, in some Tatum Tot that I was reading about them loving animals a lot. Cool. Yeah. During his time in school, he played football, soccer, track, and baseball. When he was in ninth grade, his parents said you could either go to military school or private school. He chose the military school. <laughs> nice. Good for him. He, oh, he has a dog. Speaking of dogs, he has a dog named Mika, M-E-E-K-A, Mika, with Jenna Dewan. Okay. But this is when they were fiancés, so I hope Mika is still alive. We will We will find out. Hopefully. 
R.I.P. Mika. R.I.P. Squirrel. His favorite childhood film was The Goonies, which I feel was also Zeph's. That was one. Yeah, that was also one of Zeph's ones too. Yeah, I just thought that too. Also, as a child, he suffered from ADHD and dyslexia. Yeah, makes sense. You could, I could pretty much tell that. Then the last bit of trivia was that he was chosen as the sexiest man alive by People in 2012. Damn, okay. He was the first person born in the 1980s to be given the title. So the person who added this to IMDb said, you could consider him the first millennial to be people's sexiest man alive. Wow, that's a good point, yeah. When was he born? 80 what? I want to say 1980 flat. Channing Tatum was born on April 26, 1980. April 26, really? Yeah. It's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Well, not 1980. That would be weird. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Mom. I also have three quotes from Channing that were on his IMDb page. When he was told he was the sexiest man alive, he said, quote, y'all are messing with me. <laughs> also, in in the same sort of regard, he said, quote, the more you try to look sexy, the lamer it is, so you just have to commit to the comedy, which I like. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And then the last bit, which I think this is actually kind of interesting thought in this quote, he said, quote, I don't remember who said it, but I do believe that whatever age you become famous, you end up staying that age. Because from that point, you're not asked to be a normal citizen. Yeah. I worry about Justin Bieber, man. The kid's wildly talented. I hope he doesn't fall down into the usual ways of famous young kids, because it's so hard for someone to be responsible when they're not asked to be. Well, I would like to know when he said this quote, because he is fucking Nostradamus. Yep. Yeah. R.I.P. Justin Bieber, R.I.P. Squirrel. So thinking about him and thinking about Zac Efron, so thinking about Zac Efron for a second, really became famous in High School Musical, right? And so for a while, he played that role. Like, the only really other role that he's played consistently since then is the direct opposite of that role. It's sort of the Britney, the Miley, the, like, I am this... You really think so? I mean, like, the frat boy frat bro, boy douche bro is the opposite of that clean cut. You know, yeah. like, instead of being the guy yeah. that your mom wants you to date, you're the guy that your mom never wants you to date. Sort yeah, of, like, I guess. In a very simplistic, drilled down sense. Yeah. I would say for Chan, I mean, we're not there yet. I don't know when he really, but I feel like maybe step up. So sort of like, and he's sort of been that like kind of fun-loving, dancey, singy, performing kind of guy, right? And so yeah, that might be true for him too. We're gonna have to hit a point where he breaks out because like he did play like real roles yep. in movies recently. Yep. So like we're gonna have to hit a point where he's gonna shift. Definitely. And I'm excited to see when that is. Absolutely. Um, that's all my trivia about Channing. I think that was pretty solid entries into our. It really opened up my mind into who Channing Tatum is. Yeah, I would like to get inside Channing Tatum, too. <laughs> what? You know what you said. <laughs> so, mailbag, we have an email address, magicmikes at cageclub.me. We have two emails. We actually we actually have emails, seriously. One email from Jess Collins. This subject line. Mind. Hi, Jess. Fire-ass titles. Fire-ass titles, yay! She says, I'm so happy you guys brought this back. Uh, we owe it to you. You created the game, and I want to keep playing it, because I like it. Agree with Joey. Hard movie to rename. Talking about Coach Carter. Okay. Pretty accurate naming. I don't remember what we said, but cool. I'm glad you liked them. I'm here for all these new podcast guys. I'm excited that you guys picked more films I'd already seen, and here to see what you guys think of them. Cool. What she did not do, putting her on a little bit of blast just because it's fun to make fun of Jess. Yes, of course it she is. She did not write down our fire-ass titles and rank them. Well, if we're going to play this game, you're fucking playing this game too. I don't care if your office is noisy, Jess. I don't care what your excuses are. I don't care what kind of stuff you're watching on. On YouTube, you have essentially three weeks from the time the episode releases to when we record the next episode. And you can just skip to the end. You know it's at the end. 
You know, you don't even here. need to listen to the whole thing. You can do the bullshit us the whole time. And we have made no qualms about saying the games are the best part of the show. Games are the best. They are. They're always the best part of the show. If I didn't think we were amusing and I didn't have to listen to this, I to don't edit think we're this, amusing. I would skip to the end. Yeah, I would definitely skip to the end. I actually do that most of the time. Our other email is from our other Zack Attack superfan, Jenny McMullen. This is the other Jenny, email. Jenny, yay! This Hi, is the Jenny, other email welcome. She emailed us while we were recording. Oh, that's Too right. Fast, you told us. Furious. Yeah, you told us we I, we had two emails, and yes. you, you were going to save one for this. Yep. Okay. It's a longer email. This is sort of about all three of our podcasts. So okay. there's a lot me. more about Channing. Let, let us in. Let us in. Let's get inside Channing. Subject line: Happenings. Happenings. Hi guys. I've listened to the Magic Mics. And then parentheses, love the logo art. So Jenny's got a dirt. We know that Jenny has a dirty side. Yeah, that. W- are you going to give me credit for it or not? Because that was fucking my idea. So here, here's how our <laughs> album art came to be. You said, I want to do microphones, except they look like hanging balls. And so I emailed my friend. I want a really phallic version. I said, Magic Mics, yep. M-I-C-S. Yep. I said, it needs to be two microphones, very phallic. I want the microphones to look like two balls. Yep. Okay. So this is how I emailed it to my friend. I actually kind of wanted the, the like the cord to be like some jizz coming out of the top too, but you didn't tell me that. Okay. So here I is... could see it in my mind. I could I could have seen it, and it's it's very close to what we have. Yes. So here's here's what I requested from my friend. Good. Tell me. Two microphones upside down, overlapping, so they look like a dick. Where the bulbs in quotes <laughs> of the microphones look like balls at the bottom. Something phallic slash sexual, but not so phallic slash <laughs> sexual that iTunes rejects it. <laughs> yes, that was it. Yeah, because you were worried that it was just gonna be like just a. Dick. And yeah. I was like, no, man, we can get around this. But okay. And so my friend, who did a, a really, truly a wonderful job on this artwork. Great. It's it's fucking awesome. Doesn't, doesn't he do all the artwork? Doesn't she? He? No, this is a different friend. Okay. He did our Too Fast, Too Forever art, and he did yeah, our Yeah, Magic which I, I love both of them, yeah. He said... <laughs> So when he was, so I kept harassing him. I'm like, hey, we need this art, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I resent it to him. He said, just rereading it cracks me up. It's yeah. so matter of fact. I was like, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's kind of like, you know. It, it went from the image in my head yep. to words to you. You sculpted it. Yep. You firmly grasped yep. what I was trying. Do you see what I'm doing? I, I, I see what you're doing. Okay. This is the benefit of recording in person. <laughs> I get to see Joe fondling <laughs> invisible testicles in front of his face. Microphones. Microphones, I'm sorry. I was holding the two microphones yep. in my face. I don't think that I'm very funny. I think that my role in this show is sort of the straight man, the play-by-play guy. You are the color commentator. You are the guy who lends the humor. I uh, think I I'm just keep funny. the ship afloat. You, yeah, you just try to keep me from going off on too much of a tangent. Exactly. Which is fine, yeah. So my humor style is just to be like, hey, this is what I need, and I just say it in a straight way, and then if you know people think it's funny, people think it's funny, so... Cool. Yeah. That's where I go for. So anyway, Jenny, thank you for loving the album art. We love it too. We do too. Joe's idea to art on the page. Yes. It was pretty much straight from my brain. So you Jenny see goes what on. I think. I just finished the first boyfriend material minutes ago. Okay. She emailed this to Zach Attack at Cage She said, sending to this email address, Zach Attack Cage for a couple reasons. First, just have to let you know that I'm going to see The Greatest Showman tomorrow with a friend. Oh, cool. Congrats. I, I haven't it. seen it yet. I haven't it. seen it yet. Joey loved it. Yeah. Second, my job has changed in parentheses location mostly, but I'm now oh. only listening to podcasts during my new 45-minute commute to work and can't listen to them at work anymore because I'm constantly answering the phone. Bless your commute, man. That sucks. I live like seven minutes from work. Fuck commuting. I know. I couldn't do it, so bless you for that. This will make sending emails less likely and can't take notes while driving, but since I'm only listening to one quarter of the 35 plus hours of a week I was before, 
glad to say all three of your new podcasts made the cut. Oh, yay, thank you. That's fine. Yeah, you could have told us, fuck off, you didn't want to talk to us forever anyways, and we would have said that was okay. So we're in our top quarter, which is, which is great. Good. Yeah, t- top 25% is way better than I did in a lot of tests. Then so. Jenny rendered a verdict. Okay. She sort of said... I'm not sure what to think of your... Remember she said a while ago, I'm not sure what to think about some of your new podcasts. Yeah. She wrote, Turns out you guys are funny no matter what or who you're talking about. Oh, good. I don't think we're funny, but yes, thank you. I'm going to cheat and comment on the new episodes all in this email. Okay, that's fine. So you can edit and read them on the appropriate episodes if you want. Perfect. That's all we did. Good call. Hadn't seen Coach Carter, and honestly, I'm not much of a, quote, Chan fan. He's just not my type. Chan fan, Chan man. Although he's got a hot... Jenny, what's your type? We know what her type is. Okay. In this next (laughs) sentence. Although he's got a hot bod, he's not a pretty boy like Zeph. Okay, fair, fair. Like Zach, I'm sorry. Like Zach. I don't want to... Yeah. Different words. Okay. I do have a suggestion for nickname, though. Oh. Chantum, but say it like one word, like Chantum rhymes with Phantom. Like Channing Tatum, Chantum. 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 I kind of like it. Chanum. That works a little bit better than the other shit we said. Yeah. Chanum. Chanum. I like it. Okay. Let's tr- let's give it a whirl. Do you want me to... So then she writes about La La Land. Do you want me to save that for boyfriend material? Yeah. Okay, let me forward this to that one. I will say, you know, for Too Fast to Forever, which we did not read on that one, she said it's been years since I've seen the Fast and Furious movies, so looking forward to hearing your take on them. Maybe I'll be fan number one for one of the new podcasts. That's all for now, <laughs> Jenny. You're always fan number one. Thank you. So I'm going to forward this email to Boyfriend Material. Just as a reminder, send pictures of strippers to magicmikes at cageclub.me. Yep. So Joey sees them. Or fan mail, or hate mail, or whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah. Tell us we're not funny, please. <laughs> so that was all in the mailbag. Email address magicmikes at cageclub.me. Send fan mail, send hate mail. Send, send pictures send of microphones. Pictures of microphones, pictures of Whatever strippers, you... male or female. Whatever yeah. you want to do, send um... them to us. Google game is next. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> okay. I know the first one. I know it. So Channing Tatum, War of the Worlds. Deleted there's... scene. No, there's only one. It's not deleted scene. Church? Nope. Uh, fuck. It's very basic. Extra. Extra? Okay. Because they're like, oh, I wonder who he is, and then... They're like, well, no. I'm going to vote we skip the trailer game, because he's probably not... He's obviously not in the trailer. He's not in the trailer. I I would skip it. I mean, I saw the movie, and I'm fucking done with it, so yes. The other game, the next game that we have on the list is Dance Shirtless Fight Stripping. Can we just review if we got our last ones right? Well, I can tell you that we got them wrong. (laughs) How do you know? Because he was not in this movie. (laughs) So here's Go what you said last time. So Go ahead. Said, I, I don't remember, but I remember it was it was fun. You said aliens come to Earth. Yes. They don't wear shirts, which is true. <laughs> I, was, right. I was half right. So Channing strips to have a dance battle with the aliens. Which would have been the best part of the movie. To make it fair, he needs to strip because the alien's naked. He does so non-seductively. I said this? Yep. Okay. When he loses, he tries to fight the alien that was refing the dance battle. <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense. Good and I don't recall... That's still the best scene of the whole movie. Mine was about, he's home from high school with a girlfriend, making out, dancing a little bit to the radio, not stripping. Okay. Radio smash cut to an announcer, breaking news bulletin, aliens have invaded Earth, the girl passes out, Channing springs into action, he wants to be prepared. He goes to a hardware store, people are freaking out, trying <laughs> he gets to get some wood, BDSM, BDSM shit. He and the stranger get into a fight over the same piece of wood. This is all in the first 10 to 15 minutes. They get into a fight. He returns home, 
has to hide somewhere. Oh, I remember this. Hides okay. the crawl space under the house. House collapses upon him. Yes. Which, which is close to the church. Go ahead. Not terrible. <laughs> Not bad. The church. Yeah, you weren't you weren't that far off. If you if it would just spun in a circle, you'd have been really close. Yeah. Okay. Remarkably, remarkably close. Okay. So the next We're just movie, a little off. I just, think I think I won that one. Just a little off. I think I won that one. You're, I'm gonna give you the win just for the fact <laughs> that you made a note. You made a point to say Aliens don't wear shirts. <laughs> yes, and I was right. So I was the most right. You were the most right. Okay. In the bigger picture, I was a little bit closer, but I had nothing right. <laughs> you had one right statement. I had one right statement. Okay. So the next movie we're doing is Havoc. Havoc. So do you want to know what I know about this movie? No, I want to make my guess beforehand. Here's how I have it. I have a dancing shirtless fight stripping. So you just tell your... You, you weave your story. I'll write it down. Okay. There is an epidemic. Viral epidemic. Yep. Channing is dead. Okay. Okay. Is this the start of the movie? Yeah, this is the beginning of the movie. Okay. Channing's dead. He's in the morgue shirtless. Okay. Turns out that it's a zombie flu. He's the first one that gets zombified from it. Okay. He opens his eyes, pops out okay. of the like the morgue drawer, you okay. know, like the, the, the cooler. Which we saw in Baywatch. Which we saw in Baywatch, right? He pops out of that, right? He has a newfound like spryness because he's alive, so he... He risky business skids across <laughs> the morgue floor. Okay, okay. so was that that was shirtless? That's dancing. He like risky business. Sure. Yep. What are the other two? We need uh, stripping and fight. He's already okay. So he had like the gown on, and he like sh- he rips that off first. Then he risky businesses. No, okay, no. He risky businesses with the gown on first, okay. and then rips it off. At the okay. end, he rips it off. Okay. At the end, he rips it off, and he breaks out of the door, and he's a zombie now. And they're like, "Oh shit!" And like one of the doctors is like, "Hey, stop!" And he just punches the doctor and runs out of the building, and he wreaks havoc on the city for the rest of the movie. <laughs> havoc. That's the movie. Runs out and wreaks havoc on the city. Yeah, Havoc. That's, That's the name the of the movie. Yeah. That is wonderful. Okay, so what do you know about... How close am I? Uh, so what I know about this movie is that Anne Hathaway is in it. Damn it. And she masturbates. In the movie? Mm-hmm. Sick! To Channing Tatum? I have no idea. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> oh, you haven't? I've okay, never good. seen this movie. I hope it's too Channing. All That'd I know awesome. is that... I hope that, like, as I... he's... She sees him drop, like, Risky Business throws the gown, and she just starts... I'm gonna cut <laughs> Can you just beep it? I'll beep it. <laughs> just beep it. Don't cut it out. Just beep I it. Forgot we have the, I, I forgot we have beep technology. <laughs> okay. So... Are you so... gonna leave in the... No. <laughs> I don't have to beep that <laughs> Okay, fair. As creepy as what I said sounds, I don't think I've ever seen the scene. I think it was just like, I was just like, oh, this is the movie where that happens, but I never Your saw Your brain the scene. connected it, but you've never seen it. Right. Okay. Which, which I'm honestly surprised that I haven't seen it. You know my best Anne Hathaway story, right? No. You don't know my best Anne Hathaway Save story? Save it for next episode. Do you want me to? Well, the next episode's actually about Anne Hathaway. It makes more sense... I don't know if I'll remember it or not. All right. Can yeah. you write a note? Are you going to. But here's the thing are you going to remember the story? Oh, I remember the Anne Hathaway okay. story, yeah. For sure. I'm going to say... Anne Hathaway movie theater story. So I think, in my memory, they're sort of like ghetto kids, kind of. Okay. In my memory, as in... As in my... Well, maybe. I don't know. In my vague knowledge of this movie, I think they're ghetto kids. Okay. As such, Channing is often without a shirt. Oh, okay. That's just like... That's his normal state of being. His other normal state of being is that he's constantly in fights. Okay. He's just constantly shirtless... Constantly fighting. He hates life. He hates his life. He sees Anne Hathaway. 
Okay. She's beautiful. Yeah. He needs to win her. He needs to impress her. Like with an arm wrestling he needs match? to own her. He needs to own her. It's, it's a sexist movie in my brain. Okay. It's Havoc. Pure Havoc. So he kidnaps her. He does not kidnap her. No, because she's, she's also a ghetto kid. Okay. I can't imagine that ever, but okay. But she's, she's a like pretty s- ghetto kid. She's like so white bread. Yeah, but we'll see. Okay. To impress her, he gets into a dance battle in front of her. She's sitting on a stoop. He comes up and challenges her posse to a dance-off. He wins. The whole posse. He wins. How many of them is there? There are two. It's there. It's it's him. How do you plus... have a two-on-one dance battle? I don't know, but if anybody can do it, Janet can do it. Okay. Uh, so it's got dancing. We've got shirtless. We've got fighting. And also, you know, mid-dance, he strips. He does like a sexy like shirt on button or yep. something. Which okay. wins her over. Fair. The love she feels for him feels like havoc. <laughs> havoc in her wrist. That's that. Yeah. So that's what I think it is. Cool. Yeah, I think we're pretty close. Definitely. Yeah. One of us is for sure. <laughs> I don't know who. I don't think it's a zombie movie, but maybe it is. Who knows? It, uh, maybe it is. All right. Letterboxed game. Oh, yeah. Cool. I forgot about this one. Go to letterboxd.com, where you can follow me, at Soulpopped. Oh, little letterbox shout out to yourself. Woo-hoo. So okay. War of the Worlds, 2005, directed by Steven Spielberg, has been seen by how many people? It is in the thousands, so there's for no... For reference, for reference. Oh yeah, for reference. Mad Max Fury Road, the number one most seen film on Letterboxd, has been seen by 175,000 people. 175. War of the Worlds is in the thousands, so there's no hundreds. You just have to pick the number of thousands of people who have seen this. Okay. How many people have seen this film. Average rating of 3.1. I give it two and a half. Uh, 47,000. Higher. 72,000. Lower. Last guess. Make a count. Between 47 uh, and, what did you say, 71? Yeah, 58,000. 55,000 people. Okay, cool. I got close. Not bad. No, I was going to... Actually, like, 47,000 was my first guess. It was like, off close. the Off the jump, like, before I, you even said thousands. I almost stopped you there. Yeah. Because you were so close, but I let you, I let you Okay, go. cool. Of those 55,000 people, how many people have it in their top four? 173. Lower. 65. Lower. 42. Lower. Really? 20. Oh, damn. People do not like this movie. Apparently not. I guess, yeah. This is my whole letterbox. Uh, this is the creme de la creme of movie raiders. So of so. these 20 people, a bunch of people gave it five stars. Only one person has reviewed it. This guy, Samuel Morrison, has reviewed it twice. Okay. He it's first... in his top four. Okay, so oh, right? this is okay. So this is what this is confusing about Samuel so Morrison. His first review, written July 2016, three and a half stars. This is a film that's in his top four. He says surprisingly good. From all the crap I've heard about this movie, it was actually quite good. Obviously, an allegory to 9/11 works very well. Paranoia being more dangerous than a disaster. Kids can't act worth shit. Most of the characters feel one-dimensional. Overabundance of CGI. Ending feels like a bit of a cop-out. Then again, the big picture isn't the story. The story is one man in the middle of disaster confusion and paranoia and his attempts to shield his daughter from it. Wasn't great. Was definitely good. One of the better disaster movies. From that perspective, the movie does sound a little bit better if I would have imagined it like a man in his relationship with his daughter yeah. and him trying to protect her from the truth, like reality. I mean, I got that, but it's also not a great version of that, I don't think. No, no, but I mean, like, that is still better than the movie that I saw. Sure, that makes sense. Okay. So you watch it again three uh, three months later, and he says, what an outs- he raises it to four and a half stars from three and a half. What an outstanding horror movie. 
Seriously, after a rewatch, I love this film. Tom Cruise is amazing in this. I just started reading the novel, and I can really see that the film diverges just in style and setting, not in intentions. You can look at it as a 9-11 metaphor, but if you take it even further, this works for almost any type of national response to a foreign disaster. I do find this to be a horror movie. There's no national response. I, I guess there is. The, like the army shows up a little bit, but I guess. yeah. I do not find this to be a horror movie. He he does. Okay. The depravity of people movie. being reduced to animals by anger, uncontrollable and unrelenting death, no comfort or assurances. These things are horrific. I'm shaking. He's shaking. So this guy who is from Maine. This is in his top four films. Mm, explains a lot. He has not watched a movie this year on Letterboxd. Oh wait, no, because this is this is Letterboxd in 2018. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Letterboxd time is already in 2018, or maybe why is it in 2018? I'm in 2018 too, and my time zone is here, so who knows? So what other films do you think are in his top four? I will tell you the years for them are 2008, and that film is one that I believe you hate. 2002 and 2000. I have no idea. Don't think you're going to get any of these, because none of them have anything to do with War of the Worlds. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Nope. The film you hate is Pineapple Express. I, I've i never seen it. But you just hate stoner comedies. I hate stoner comedies in general. Yes, I do. Also in the top four is Gangs of New York, which is the Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, El Cap. Well, El Cap going on. And his number one favorite film is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The Coen Brothers movie starring George Clooney. My John uncle Turturro. loved that movie. So there we go. That's pretty cool. Not bad. Okay, fire-ass titles for War of the Worlds. Do we want to dignify this movie with fire-ass titles? Because, yes! Okay. My first title is Where's Channing? Broken Church, Broken Heart. I told Melissa, friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, I was like... I saw one church, I saw one steeple, it opened it up, I saw no people. <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good one. So that's my next title. Aliens. I see that, <laughs> I see that written in a way like the band Fun, like all lowercase with a period at the end. Yeah. Aliens. Aliens. Period. Period, yeah. A Girl's Journey. The Annoying One. About her? Yeah. Let's see here. Peanut Butter. Oof, that's just so, it was such a gross, it wasn't supposed to be gross, but it's like in my brain it's playing out really, really gross. Yeah. Baseball and Aliens. Lost, the movie version. Lost without J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that's all I got. Let me see if I... You, you did one extra one than me. I'm going to see if I can end on a really high note. It's about 9-11. Shameful. <gasps> Ooh, that's good. I like that. Yes. Right? Okay, good. I gave you the ending one. You gave me the ending one. I, I just needed to think of one. There it was. So, next segment, the last segment on the show, are awards... I don't think we should nominate this for anything. Should we now? How about most disappointing movie? Most disappointing movie by, by far. Yep. Worst female role. Okay. As Worst. Dakota, Dakota Fanning. Yep. Non Channing role female. Yeah. Dakota Fanning. Yes. War of the Worlds. Just like she's just so fucking annoying. Should we nominate Tom Cruise? Should we nominate TC for best male role, or do you think he's not that good? In this? Nah. It's. I just want him to be at the award show. Yeah. I mean, we need, we need to send him his <laughs> gift bag, right? If he makes if he makes it if he makes it he'll get his gift bag. Yeah. And then he can go donate it to, you know, Lily's Pizza Shop or whatever, fucking Dairy Queen. So I don't see anything else on our list. Best film, worst film, best role, worst role, most fun, best song, best soundtrack, best love story, the guessing games. None of those apply. Is there anything else in this movie, good or bad, you want to nominate it for? No, not really. That's about it. I think the less attention we pay Brings, to this movie Yeah, is better. The better. Agreed. Before we sort of wrap up the show, is there anything else you want to say about War of the Worlds or Channing or whatever on this episode of Magic Mike's? I just want to say, before you take off your Juggalo face paint, yeah, that this was a shitty movie. 
I don't think it's bad. I think it's just disappointing. Shitty, and it's... shitty for us doing yep. Channing Tatum. I That's agree. what I meant. That's fair. Okay. So as sort of alluded to throughout this podcast, Joe and I have three other podcasts. We have Zach Attack, Zach Efron Podcast, which is in hibernation right now. Yeah. We also have Too Fast, Too Forever, where we watch one Fast and Furious movie per month forever. Forever. And we have Boyfriend Material, the Ryan Gosling podcast. Oh, do you feel that? That's Boyfriend Material. It's Boyfriend Material. So the last thing we recorded is the episode of Too Fast, Too Furious. That's that's right. For Too Fast, Too Forever. Yep. So that is now available to listen to. We have two episodes of Too Fast, Too Forever out there to listen to. Yes. The next thing we are recording is the episode, the second episode of Boyfriend Material for Ooh. Blade Runner 2049. Oh, that's right. We're skipping ahead. Yep. Which I am super excited to see. I need to rewatch both. I need to rewatch Blade Runner, like the first one. Yep. And then rewatch, or watch for the first time, 2049. When I saw 2049 earlier in the day, I rewatched the first one because I had seen it 10 years ago. Like, it was yeah. 10 years between. Rachel I remember. I like the first half a little bit ago, but she fell asleep. I remembered not liking it. I actually really liked it, and I loved the new one. Oh, so. cool. Good. Okay, cool. So that'll be the next thing we're recording. That is coming out on January 21st. If you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, it is January 11th. Please email us. Magic Mike's at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think of this movie, how it would be better with Channing Tatum. We didn't do that. What, so what roles... So you, you'd you want him as the brother. I'd want him as a brother. I'd want him as Tom Cruise. I'd want him as the mechanic Yep. to be, like, half shirtless. Okay. He could just... Just overalls. Okay. But, like, no shirt underneath. Yep. And just, like, working on the car. Cool, I like it. Yeah, trucker hat. That's what I'm imagining. Yep. He could have been... When they broke into the house, or they, like, go into that basement... I want him to be, like, the guy that was at the house that was, like, drinking the peach schnapps or whatever. Okay. I want him to be that guy, too, that, like, he plays, like, fumbly, but, like, you know, is taking sure. care of them. In your ideal movie, would he be one of these roles or all of these roles? I mean, I kind of, at the first, I kind of thought about it, like, the, like, you know, um, Mr. Doolittle, like, Tyler Perry kind of situation. Okay. But more, I just individually wanted him to be each one of these roles. Yeah. So, like, each one, like, not all at the same time, just... I would really, I know that this this doesn't fly yeah. with resident historian Mike Manzi, yeah. but I would really love him to play the Dakota Fanning role <laughs> a lot. I know that it's replacing a woman with a man, yep. I get it, but yep. to see Channing do yep. the Dakota Fanning role, like, if we could get him to do, like, you know, a Jimmy Fallon skit where he just plays, like, pivotal clips of the Dakota Fanning role in the movie and they, like, reshoot it, like, shot for shot. Where he's hyperventilating in the back of the car. Yeah, and, like, making a safe space. Like, that would be really awesome. In seriousness for a second, if we're going to put on our serious pants... I was serious this whole time. If if we put on our serious overalls for a second, if there's one role that you think you'd be best for, would it be the brother or would it be something else? I really think it would have been the mechanic. Okay, that's fair. That's, That's the peak role of, like, what I wanted for this because... He would get zapped early. It wasn't a big role. He's not, like, a star yet. Yep. So, like, don't give him a lot. You know, just you give him the mechanic, let him be. Like, the mechanic has, like, two or three scenes. Plus, it also gives him the chance, maybe, to interact with his friend from Coach Carter again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was the role that I actually picked for him. Cool. Yeah. I dig it. So email us, magicmikes at cageclub.me. Let us know Send what you think. Send pictures microphones. If you think that our recasting of him into this movie, which we thought he was in in the first place, was good who you would replace him with, if you think that he would be a better Dakota Fanning than Dakota Fanning herself. Rank the fire-ass titles, Jess. <laughs> Jenny, here's your opportunity. Seize the moment. Carpe diem. Become our number one fan for Magic Mike's. Jess has left the door wide open for you. Do your thing. Magic Mike's at Jenny used to send us me. some fire-ass titles, too, right? She sent us some funny ones. I, I think, think so. So, listen to Zach Attack. 
Magic Mike's Boyfriend Material, Too Fast, Too Forever, all those shows and all of our other shows at cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter. Everything we are doing at those places. Happy New Year to all of you. This is our second episode that Joe and I have released this year. Happy New Year. But the first episode of Magic Mike's. See you soon. I love you all. Good night. I'm Jeremy Lewandowski. I'm Jesse. We'll see you next time. That's Tom Cruise, whatever she accused He wasn't really drunk, he just had fruit brews Pass the refreshments, a cool, cool beverage Everything I do need a news cruise